Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Danielle Jackson Dresser. And I'm Gwen Reyes. This is the podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. This week, we're having book club. We're discussing A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by bestselling author Adriana Herrera, which is in stores now. Spoiler alert, we loved it. We also go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us some comfort lately. Yay! I love how you laughed a little bit when I read the title. (laughs) Because it's so good, though, A Caribbean yeah. Heiress in Paris. Like, the how title, has it not been done? <laughs> right? I love it. Every time I read it, I'm just like, it's so good. I know. It's so fun. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a bit. Yep. First, let's check in. Because this has been a week. It has been. <laughs> this week has it's been a fantastic. real month. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. It's we, we should say we're recording this on Memorial Day. We are spending mm-hmm. a little bit of our holiday together, which Yay. is great. Mm-hmm. But as I think, I think we should just kind of off the bat, like last week was like a very tragic week. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the good thing is that conversations are happening. Hopefully something actually happens. I will say it was a weird week to have it be like the last week of school for your yeah. kid. It was Aside from that, though, it was it was an it was a pretty good week. But like I said, I think we're all everybody is kind of thinking about things and and the changes that need to be made. So um, yeah, yeah. But other than so, like vibe wise, which is how we start every episode talking mm-hmm. about our vibe of the last week. Like I feel all right. It's like I said, it's been just like kind of a, an all over the place week. But I also personally feel like I've been all over the place for like the last month. I know so. you've had a lot going on. <laughs> I'm sure on. you know this about yourself. Uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been. In fact, I haven't like switched my calendar to June yet. I mean, I have two more days, but I'm like mm-hmm. looking at my calendar, and there's just like I have a whiteboard, and it's just like there's so much that I had written in there. It's wild, just chaos. <laughs> Yeah. And it hasn't been like this in a while. So on the one hand, that feels really good. But on the other hand, I'm like, can I please like just sit in my office and not do anything for a while? Uh, (laughs) mm -hmm. That is it, you know, or like mull things over. Like I haven't had time to, I haven't had time to like mull things over, but, but like, but with Memorial day, I mean, I think this means like summer is starting, you know, like tomorrow is the first day of summer day camp for my daughter. She's like, beside herself with excitement and my, you know, like my husband is going on a, like an off-roading trip with his dad next weekend. We're going to, yeah. Like my Ivy and I are going with my mom to Indiana to see some of our family there and just like have like kind of a, like a cousin's weekend. Yeah. Like a cousin's and aunt's weekend, which is going to be really great. Um, yeah. So like, on the one hand, I do feel like I'm very busy and I'm just like, Oh God, when is it going to end? And, but also I have like fun things to look forward to. So that's a good exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah. How are Which you makes doing? That, like, oh, yeah. It makes that anxiety so much like almost fun versus like the nerve wracking yeah. anxiety because yeah. you have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is painful to get through, but at least like when we get to the weekend, it's going to be yeah. fun and it's going to be, be great. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? But I always, that's what I always say around a Tuesday. It's, you know, <laughs> to, to echo your sentiment. Yes. This last week has been incredibly emotional, incredibly, um, just heartbreaking, I think is the best, uh, word that I have been able to come up with every single time. And like trying to fight myself from doom scrolling every Mm -hmm. day is challenging, but like 
Texas was my backyard and I have so much family there. And so Mm -hmm. it feels even more connected and having friends and family who have kids that age and who are Mm -hmm. teachers and just like you, my empathy scale is like overwhelmed. Yeah. So it's been nice to be able to, um, you know, see people standing up for saying stuff, standing up for what's Mm -hmm. right. And then also like having escapist things to be able to enjoy, um, like having entertainment, there's good TV on right now and there's good Mm -hmm. movies. So it's in good books, obviously, because we're going to get into one later. So vibe wise, you know, little up and down, but still very happy to just be that it's summer and that the sun's coming out and things are changing. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. What is one good thing you've achieved this week? Um, okay. So this is really silly, but I, I bought a big kid thing (laughs) and maybe this should go into my comforts, but I felt (laughs) like it was an achievement because I bought, I bought a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Oh my gosh. Has it changed your entire life? It's changed my entire (laughs) life every morning. It's so that's my achievement is my house is very clean because now I'm enjoying vacuuming, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that is my big achievement is going, making the decision, being okay with it, spending lots of money on a device that I hope works in two years and does what it needs to do. But yeah, that's my big achievement. Is is buying a big kid? Is it one of the cordless ones? Yeah. One of the the stick ones. It's the absolute best because before we had one now, now to be fair, we also have a Roomba because we are just those people, but Mm -hmm. no, the Dyson really has changed everything. Yes. (laughs) Like, I don't know why I put off getting one for so long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's how I felt. Like when I put it all together and was using it and then was like, oh, wow, this thing really works. I'm really Mm -hmm. happy with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really feel like an idiot for waiting so long. Yeah. And I should, there, you know, there are comparable, like I think shark has pretty good ones that are, that are very similar, but I mean, I don't know. I think the Dyson is the way to go. I agree, (laughs) but it's so good that no, I'm really excited for you. That's very, my achievement is I have a very clean house right now. Yeah. Again. (laughs) Yes. What about you? What are you achieving this week? So this week, so I've been kind of in a reading rut. Mm-hmm. for, I mean, but most of it is because I just have not had time to sit down. I was going to say, yeah. So I finally, but I, this week I finally like came out of it and I went to my old standby. I went and I've been reading a ton of graphic novels as always. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has led to like, I finished, like I had started books and had just stopped reading them and to like, and not that they were, but they were great. They're great books, but I just did yeah. not finish them. So, I mean, I, I read why well, I, I got one of my favorite comfort reads is the Prince and the Dressmaker by mm-hmm. Jen Wang, which is just a delight, like, ugh, delight. What a delight of a book. I can't <laughs> even, I could talk about it for the rest of this time. I won't. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I went to the library and got that. And then also, um, Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. I feel like I've mentioned both of these before mm-hmm. on this podcast, probably at length more than once. And so I got those. Cause I was like, I know that if I sit down and I open them, I'm going to read them yes. and that, yes. but that led into reading some other books that I may be talking about later. And as well as finishing this book, um, that we're talking about today, Caribbean Eris in Paris. And, and a couple of others. So, I mean, it was just that. So my achievement is reading again. Yes. <laughs> and I'm very excited about that. So, yes. yeah. 
That's so good. And it's so inspiring too, for your like rumination as you're again, cause you have to mm-hmm. constantly keep coming up with new story ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good to keep your brain nice and fresh. Like but a lot that. of like something like, especially like pneumonia, mm-hmm. I, whenever I read that book, I'm just like, oh, like how clever are you? Noelle Stevenson. It's not fair. <laughs> also, I should say they, they are making a animated version of the cool. for Netflix. And I don't know, I can't remember when it's coming out. And I, I know I saw it buzzing around, so I will make a note and I will try to find the Nimona announcement and share that because mm-hmm. it should be really awesome. Okay. Should we move into our book club? Yes. I'm so excited. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about our, like, it's just like so much fun. <laughs> I know. So we were, we had been talking about We've wanted to do kind of a book focused episode from the start, really. That was like on our long list of ideas when we were kind of planning what we wanted to do a year ago or more than a year ago. And, and for some reason we both, I mean, I mean, not for some reason, like, I think this is, this book is very much in our wheelhouse of like just a bunch of interests that we both have Yes, (laughs) history and business and, you know, people of color and representation and just everything like all in one. And I've been a fan of Adriana Herrera for a very long time. She is so cool and such a great writer and just always has different ideas and stuff like that. So I was just really excited to jump into the, into this book. I mean, when that, when her book was announced before there was even a cover, everyone was like, what do you mean mm-hmm. a Caribbean heiress in Paris? Like, tell us more. Tell us more and about this. Then the cover, which is just this beautiful Dominican woman on the cover of the book of this book. And it's bright and just sunshiny and amazing in Paris and everything. It was like a no brainer that this would be our first book club book, I think. Yep. Yeah. So, and it's cool too, because she's an author that I have interacted with a few times. Mm-hmm. I've never read any of her books before. And this was like my mm-hmm. first one and just her writing is just so Stunning. beautiful and also so accessible. Mm-hmm. Like you just feel like you're hanging out with your friends with all of yeah. these characters. Yeah. And I will say this is her, this is her, her first full length historical novel. She has contributed to the, the Duke I'd like to F and um, mm-hmm. like rake I'd like to F. And I think the next one is villain I'd like to F um, and that those are story collections. So they're like short stories that a bunch of different authors are conti- are contributing to. And I, I saw, and so, but the re- other of her books that have come out so far, the rest of her books that have come out so far are all contemporary and they, some of them are queer. Some of them are heterosexual. Um, they kind of run the gamut and they're all, mm-hmm. but they're all like, again, yeah, super accessible, very fast paced, but also nuanced and interesting. Like Adriana is like showing us all up. Um, yep. Adriana, teach us your masterclass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the setup of this book. So yes. Luz Alana is a, is the Caribbean heiress. She is. And she is <laughs> and, now in Paris. <laughs> and she is in Paris at the, the 1889, right? Yeah. 1889 yeah. World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And she is the heiress to like this rum distillery, this rum company. They make amazing rum and they want to, she wants to bring it to Europe and kind of make her way there. She's doing really well at her home in the Caribbean. And now it's time to literally take over the world. And so she's got to diversify. Yes. The world's fair is the perfect opportunity to do this. And so while she's there, she meets James Evanston Sinclair, who's the Earl of Darnick and heir 
to a duke and he is scottish and i should we should say luzalana is also half scott she, her father came from scotland to the caribbean and met his her mother there and mm-hmm. they were married and um and had a really happy life it sounded like um but they both off page but in in the past have passed away so right. she and so it's her and her younger sister clarita who are are trying to make their way in the world and I guess it starts out, they aren't, they aren't quite enemies and not even really rivals, but they kind of right. butt heads from the start. Like they're kind of yes. like, they're trying to figure things out. But I think one of the biggest things that Luz Alana notices about Evan, they call they, his, he, his name is James Evan Sinclair, but he goes by Evan. Evan. Evan actually like gives her the time of day. Almost mm-hmm. everyone she's interacted with since she's gone to Paris, like dismisses her doesn't believe that she could own a company doesn't want to like take doesn't want to interact with women yeah doesn't want to talk to a woman definitely doesn't want to talk to a woman of color but he he just talks to her like he interacts with her so she even though she's like on edge around him and expects him to kind of be like everyone else she is intrigued because he is actually talking to her and then when he realizes that she oh no she like actually knows what she's doing Mm -hmm. and you know, like that's really intriguing to him. So I, I liked that. And I also loved that he like, basically from the minute he sees her, he's like in love. Like, yeah, he falls oh, so yeah. hard for her. Yeah. I love that. I loved it too. He, and even though he is so most of the time is very infuriated by like the things that she does. Cause she always <laughs> like one ups him, especially in those like early interactions. It's mm-hmm. so much fun, but then, and this is not, I don't think this is, hold on. Let me make sure. I don't want to say like marriage of convenience too early on. Yeah. Marriage of convenience. and might save them both. Okay. Okay. Whew. All right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's also just very well set up again mm-hmm. to Adriana's mm-hmm. um, credit. It's so well set up that they would naturally um, yeah. sort of come with this, this agree, come to this agreement because like she needs it for, mm-hmm. to get her trust for her and her sister yeah. and to get access to the money that the dad left. And he needs it because he's got to prove his, he's, <laughs> he has his own daddy issues and has right. to, <laughs> you know, take his dad down, which I always love. I know that was great. Yeah. And, but then also too, like he can, he'll only be able to keep his whiskey right. distillery if, it's like his mom planned on giving it to him as a gift, a wedding gift, a wedding gift. Yeah. So, yeah. And so like, and she, and yeah, she can immediately have her money basically. Well, her husband technically can have her, have the money that she is entitled to, um, you know? And so it's just, yeah, it's like such a good setup. They're so hot together. They are like they on fire. <laughs> <laughs> They're so great. So yeah, there's but, you know, a but scene a- at the top oh, yeah. of the Empire State Building, or not the Empire State Building, wrong country, at the top <laughs> of the Eiffel Tower. Oh my that God. is just what delightful. a dream. What a dream. <laughs> what a romantic yeah. dream. <laughs> Absolute magic. Just so good. And of course, there, you know, like there are secrets being kept. There mm-hmm. are there are other people kind of on the outskirts doing things that you're like, why do you keep mentioning this person? Um, and yeah, so I mean, yeah, without really spoiling it, I just want to say like, we really enjoyed it. Like it's so much fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's so like, you know, I, I, I want to brag and be like, I'm a fast reader, but this book just mm-hmm. went by so quickly like so quickly it's just so like rapid fire just as mm-hmm. as fiery as she is as louise's it is yeah. that sort of energy which was awesome yeah oh so good okay so let's talk about 
like our favorite characters so far. Yeah. So who's one of your favorites? So I of course want to say that I love all of her friends, but Mm -hmm. I really, I've really come around to Apollo because I love, and Apollo is Evan's um, brother that you'll meet very early on. Yeah. Um, But he's got, he and Evan are working against the dad to Mm -hmm. expose him. But I just, I, I can see so much of like, he's misunderstood and there's just something there. And then I loved his interaction with Aurora, the doctor. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I like the two of them. I like, I like Aurora because she very much is like, she's a doctor and she's the first Mexican, she's the first woman doctor to be licensed in Mexico Mm -hmm. in the story. And which was so cool. And then I love that she's like so clinical, but then also very prudish. Yeah. (laughs) So she's just like her, her like dichotomy is very funny to me. Yeah. I, my, I was going to say my favorite character aside from Luzalana and Evan Mm -hmm. was Aurora because she, for, and for the exact reasons you listed, because she is, she's like, oh, this is really interesting. So they end up, they go to a brothel (laughs) and there is a certain display that happens. And on the one hand, she's just like, wait, I cannot be watching this. I cannot be watching this. But on the other hand, she's also like, wait, how is this working? This working? You know, <laughs> it was so funny. Um, so funny. But yeah, I really like, I really liked her. I really liked that she kind of like, all, but all of the friends. So the, the series is called Las Leonas. And that's what this group of friends, that's what they call themselves. And all of the friends, I really loved the scenes where all of them were together, like four of them. And when they were all together, they were so loving and caring for each other, but they were also like, I'm going to tell you like it is. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's really important in a friend group where you have that balance where you're like, yes, this is the person I can turn to whenever I need them. Also, this is the person who's going to like put me down and tell me I need to get over Mm -hmm. myself, which her friends do. So yeah, that's really great. Okay. Also Apollo though, cannot wait. Like they, they better get a book. Like they have to get a book. He's so cool. And I think I was, I think I was reading this expecting it to be a standalone. So I'm even more excited Mm -hmm. now that you said that it's a series. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think I hope all four of them get a book. Like, come on. (laughs) Um, so one of the more poignant things about this book, I think was the representation and diversity that Adriana Herrera puts on the page because you know, I mean, this is an ongoing conversation, I think specifically in historical romance about like how wrong historical romance has been for Mm -hmm. so long. And so I think the fact that she did populate the book very much like how England or, you know, because they eventually not even England, they go to Scotland, but also especially in Paris. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was writing it down in my notes, but you know, there were, there were people from Africa and India and Japan, mixed race, like just Vietnam. Vietnam. Yes. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. just, it was absolutely, I hate to say that it was so refreshing, but it really was refreshing to like, just see it and to have someone, an author, like an author who did it with such care as well. Mm -hmm. Like, because she did not shy away from discussion, the discussion of slavery and how both of their families benefited from it. You know, they have a very frank conversation about that, which I thought was really great. Um, 
but also how, you know, Luzalana's family, you know, they, they knew that there were slaves in their family, but they also knew that that's how they learned to make rum. Like they were working on a plantation that made our distilled sugar and everything, you know, it had everything like that. And, you know, that was really fascinating and for them to be able to turn it into their business and to make it better. And the way that Luzalana, I like I, this part, I don't, I'm not going to spoil because I think the way that Luzalana's family sets up their business to how it benefits the community is real. I think like people should read it because it's like the yeah. way that she, that Adriana set it up and talked about it was just so exciting and empowering and interesting, really just yeah. plain interesting. And so it modern. Happen. It's like yeah. such a, it's such a modern concept, which I'm sure was taken. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this yeah. is very well researched. I'm sure it was taken from actual historical mm-hmm. experiences, but like was very refreshing to see because it's not something that we see in a lot of typical yeah. white presenting, um, historical romances. Yeah. And I think too, and then just like I, I said before, like the fact that Evan himself as, as a white man, did acknowledge that, you know, yeah, his family made money that way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, generations before, but, you know, still he, you know, he knew it was a big part of it. So I thought that was really great. Yeah. And I also liked that. And maybe this is just, you know, again, a modern sentiment put into a historical way, but I also liked that he made room for, for characters of color. Mm-hmm. Like he would, he would use his own white privilege to make room for them yeah. and to speak for them. Um, he does that a, quite a number of times to get Louise Alana's uh, foot in the door when mm-hmm. he's trying to, when she's trying to get buyers. Um, so I thought that like those sort of moments were just really, really lovely to see because he's just never brutish and he always just really yeah. cares about the people in his sphere, regardless of if it's family or if it's a friend or if it's someone that works for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were a few times when he wanted to defend Zalana, but she was mm-hmm. like, no, like, please don't like, do not go beat that person up. Like that's really in the long run, that's right. not going to do anything. <laughs> it's not a good idea. And like the amount of times that he was like, yeah, I wanted to beat this person up, but I didn't because she told me not to. <laughs> it was very <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about marriage of convenience as a trope. Like, are you mm-hmm. usually a fan of marriage of convenience? Not typically, because I always feel like they're very rushed and it's Mm -hmm. hard to explain, but I felt like even this one, like it was very rushed. Their decision was rushed, but it made sense because their chemistry was so off the charts. So again, like if they have that chemistry really fast, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when it's the sort of the slow burn of like learning to like each other, that's sort of the thing I don't like about a marriage. Yeah. Like I, for the most part, when it comes to marriage of convenience, I actually, I mean, and this is the most common way, but it's like, they get compromised and then they're forced to be married or, or it is very like, so I guess that's really, it's like forced marriage, but usually there's kind of a marriage of convenience aspect to it, but also, yeah, like this one just worked so well because it actually was, it was just, it was convenient. It really was convenient. to get married it kind of just you know it was like I think it was just like a chapter break and you're just like and now they're married right (laughs) it was great all right cool yeah no Phil's wedding my favorite (laughs) (laughs) yeah I like it yeah but I would say usually marriage of convenience in fact I almost prefer marriage of convenience in contemporary romance which is not popular. Like a lot of people are like, you don't really actually need a marriage of convenience and contemporaries. Like there's usually a way around mm-hmm. it, but I don't know. I just like it there. Cause I feel like in 
historicals and then maybe it's just because we know too much but like so many yeah. people were just like forced to marry who they were forced to marry you know yeah. so but yeah the, in this particular case it really worked well yep um like and then very convenient yeah. that it was so yeah, convenient. It, it was literally <laughs> convenient and we've been talking about this a lot I was gonna say the next thing on my list of things to talk about though is is the love story um we have talked about how their chemistry is immediate um he definitely falls first, I think. I mean, she's mm-hmm. not too far behind. Like she right. likes yeah, him. Yeah, she's really into him. Yeah. 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 But I do think too, like throughout, especially once they are married, it really is about them learning to trust each other. I think they both have some trust issues. Absolutely. And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think I I enjoyed that that was really what they it felt like in addition to, I mean, it wasn't a marriage in trouble, but it was almost kind of like some of the aspects of marriage in trouble, like came into their, into their, the way that they got really got to know each other. Cause I mean, yeah, I think they've known each other for what, like two days, two or three days when they're like, Hey, you know, what would be all right. If we got married, <laughs> I think she took longer to decide whether or not mm-hmm. to like, or not even to decide to tell him that she was getting married than it actually yeah. took for them to decide to get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And then finally, like without spoilers, so this may be like one of these weird, like very vague conversation Mm -hmm. parts, but what did we think of like the resolution kind of how everything kind of comes to fruition, I guess. You know, I feel like one of my favorite phrases that you've introduced me to is the promise of the premise. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this book really hits the marks of that. Like as I'm reading it, there are things that like were surprising to me, but I loved how everything was cleanly resolved. Like there were yeah. so many, I don't, and I hate to be like nice little bows wrapped up in things, but it's like, it's almost like that is what I needed for these stories mm-hmm. because these characters were so well suited for each other. They just yeah. needed to get out of their own way and recognize that. And so once they did, and once like the, everything's was established for their relationship to continue and for them to, you know, to realize that this is more than just a marriage of convenience, mm-hmm. it's an actual solid marriage, like it's just so nice and clean. Like I I really, I loved that. I was really refreshed by that. I just say promise of the premise is a phrase that I heard on faded mates at least for the first (laughs) time. So I did not Mm -hmm. come up with that, but I think it's so important. I completely agree about that. Um, I also think, I thought it was really interesting that a lot of what they both have to go through is really Mm -hmm. internal. Yes. Um, it's not so much, I mean, there are kind of outside influences and outside distractions and things like that, that are going on that are making them think things and assume things. But then once they both kind of take a moment, just really like, what am I feeling right now? Who do I actually want to be with? Who do I want to be in a relationship? And, you know, and what makes things like the, they, they really took their values to heart and realized that their values were aligned Yes. And it lets them be together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say we really loved this book. Really loved this book. <laughs> like, really loved it. Um, and yes, and we are here for more. So, Adriana, let us know when the next yep. ones are coming. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. See you next summer. Yeah. Um, so, when we started talking about doing a book club for the podcast, we we really were inspired by two things. We were inspired Mm -hmm. by the Gilded Age, the show, and then also Joanna Shoup, who is someone whose work we both admire as well. Um, 
But then when we saw Caribbean heiress in Paris, we were just like, no, this is the book. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, but I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about, of course. So we talk about all things pop culture and kind of bring that back around, but could we talk about some Gilded Age media that we really enjoy? Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be great. So um, my list is kind of short, but mm-hmm. I'll just jump right in. Um, so obviously we both loved the Gilded Age. That was yeah. a beautiful, wonderful thing. But I also really love the Gilded Age documentary. Ken Burns did, I think in 2018, either 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first introduction. I mean, of course we'd always, I've always heard of the Gilded Age, but that was like my first introduction to like yeah. really learning about the vastness and also the gross materialism of it which I got super obsessed yeah so gross and so ornate but also just like the delightful the delightfulness of it so when you see you know fast forward 100 years to this recent Met Gala ball where nobody could really quite uh, no one got the the translation of nobody did it (laughs) nobody got the assignment it's It's like, uh, I think the only one was like Reza Med, who was like, I'm going to dress like the workers in the boiler rooms. <laughs> I'm just writing. No one got mm-hmm. the assignment down. No one did. No, because <laughs> no. no one got it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm going to watch that Ken Burns documentary like right now. Um, it's so good. It's on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. Awesome. Prime. Worth it. Uh, amazing. Okay. So yeah, I had quite a few. It was one of those things where I started to realize like, no, no, I love the Gilded Age. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I was like thinking about it. The first I should say is both, it's both the book, The Age of Innocence by Edith Wharton, but also the Martin Scorsese film, which I think came out in like 93 or 94. And it's just mm-hmm. so wonderful. Um, that's Daniel Day-Lewis performance. That's very, like very subdued. Um, yeah. Considering who it is, considering it's Daniel Day-Lewis who goes like balls to the wall and everything. It is so restrained. Um, it's also just a beautiful movie. It's so interesting. I remember I wrote like a paper on this, like we read the age of innocence and then I watched, and that was like a paper option. Like you could watch, you could watch the movie and then kind of compare. And what I, but what I focused on was, it was so interesting to me that Martin Scorsese of all people like directed the age of innocence. But if you think about how cutthroat people were, like you think Mm -hmm. of the Astors and the literal Joneses and all of those people at that time, the Vanderbilts, all those people at that time, they were just as ridiculous and ruthless as like the mafia, you know, like they were that bad for a mm-hmm. lot of the time. There were so many rules. There were so many deceptions and things like that, that happened. So in the end, I really, I came down, my thesis was kind of like, no, it makes perfect sense that this person who is known for like, kind of these very, uh, like not gory, but like bloody and like you know, violent. Just, yeah. Violent. Oh my gosh. That was the word Gwen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> violent. <laughs> These movies so far, like it made sense that that was like his kind of his next, yeah. like doing something different, but the themes yeah. were there. It's true. Cause it's so internally violent. Like that mm-hmm. movie, that's like all of those characters are so, so like tormented by yeah. their situation and station mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely delightful. And also like Winona Ryder and Michelle Pfeiffer are like so good as well. Like, I think a mm-hmm. lot of people just end up talking about Daniel Day Lewis in that movie because he really, I mean, he's the narrative, he's like, you're following kind of his narrative. Um, but yeah, Winona Ryder and, and Michelle Pfeiffer are like so good and so different. 
uh-huh. um, in their roles. And also like, it was very different from what both of them had done at that point too. So that was really cool. Um, another couple, a couple or a few more, there were two shows that came out about department stores because department stores yes. were kind of becoming a thing in right. during the Gilded Age. But the first was Mr. Selfridge, which was on PBS on Masterpiece, which was really great. And it follows the, like the dawn of Selfridges, which is still around. And then another one that came out around the same time was called The Paradise. And it was, I think it was, it was kind of like a fictionalized Selfridges story, um, but it was really good. And and then trying to think, oh, Howard's End, which I I love all iterations of Howard's End. There's a movie that came out with Emma Thompson a long time ago. It was really good. And then there was also a mini series that came out a few years ago um, with Haley Atwell. I know just so, so great. And then finally, I want to talk about, talk about the Buccaneers, which is another Edith Wharton adaptation. It's her book. She did not finish this book. She died before it was finished. It was like almost like 75% done, but it wasn't done. Um, but they did, there was a mini series that came out in the mid nineties. Um, and the Buccaneers, it's like a thinly veiled, like just retelling of the re- of the of the Gilded Age. So there is oh, there's like a, cool. there's like a Consuelo Vanderbilt like parallel, and then there's like a Jenny Jerome who famously went on. She married Winston Churchill's father and was the mother of Winston Churchill. And like just about these American heiresses, like talk about wealth and just like they did not know what to do with their money. Like they had mm-hmm. so much of it and they would just send, they sent their daughters to Europe and was like, cool. Like we don't have titles in America. Go marry a Duke. Yep. You know? buy yourself a title. Yeah. And that's, and it was like these, these dukedoms or these, you know, the aristocracy in Europe, they were all losing money, you know, and they had no idea what to do. Um, and they were like, Oh, here are these Americans. Let's just take their money, their daughters and their money. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's a mini series. It's absolutely gorgeous and just in and really really good over overall. There is some controversy over the end of the Buccaneers because obviously we don't know how it ended, right. but um, people say that the ending of the mini series is a little too happy of an ending <laughs> um, that Edith Wharton probably wouldn't have written then. And I do agree, but I also do like how it ended. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's well, now I've got to watch the Buccaneers because I've never seen that. So adding that. To yeah, no, it's really fun. It's really, yeah, it's really delightful. Um, awesome. Well, that was great for our first that's- little book club. <laughs> Yay. Well, we'll definitely have to do this again. It was so much fun. Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, and right. we'll try to do, we'll do something different. Like we'll do like a different genre or something. That'll be fun. All right. Let's talk about some goals. So last time I wanted to garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I did and I did not mm. <laughs> I um just didn't I again have been very busy I was also yeah. on like the tail end of my cold yeah um so I just haven't been outside um I will say though and, and I don't know if I've gotten used to it or if it's just that like everything is open but I feel like my garden doesn't look as terrible as I thought it did awesome um, but it like just needed I said some time Maybe, but I also just think like, oh, is that a weed or is that, you know, more daylilies? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Tune in next week. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. All right. How, how about right. you? How was, how, what's your goal update? So I was supposed to organize and set up my office and background and I too did not do that, <laughs> but I, I have, I'm on TV at 5.00 AM on this upcoming Wednesday. So mm. I do need to clean up my background before then. So I have yeah. two more days, which will be the, what I'll be spending the rest of Memorial day doing is uh, 
setting up my background. Waited too long to do it. (laughs) I love it. All right. What's your new goal, Gwen? So my new goal, uh, Cliff is going on his first like vacation trip with, Mm -hmm. without me. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's fine. He's going to play. uh, Right. (laughs) It's so funny. He's like, are you okay? He's going to Vegas to play poker. Cause he, that's one of his hobbies is he loves to, he loves to do poker tournaments. And like, I just can't take the time off of work, but he has to take time off of work. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, if he doesn't use it, he'll lose it. So yeah, I'm going to go do that for a week. I'll stay here with Ronan, but while he's gone, I would normally just order Domino's pizza <laughs> multiple days in a row and just yeah. eat that for, for days and maybe a smoothie when I felt like I had too much cheese. But I think my goal this time will be to cook for myself while Cliff is out of town. I like, this. um, it's my opportunity to make all the vegetarian meals since he won't mm-hmm. be here. So it's something to look forward to. I think that's great. That's a really good goal. Yeah. What about you? What are you thinking about? So now that it is summer, I want to spend time outside every day and not just like walking from the parking garage to the bookshop, you know, like actually like go outside. And even if I just read a book or, or if I bring my laptop outside and write outside or something, I want to do, I want to do that. So, and I think, and that'll be great for, for Ivy, even though Ivy will be mm-hmm. outside like almost all day, every day, as long as weather mm-hmm. permitting at summer camp. But um, I think it, it is, it's just really fun. We have a really large backyard. We have a very large front yard. I'm looking at it right now. Um, and yeah, I think we should just try to be outside. I think that's important. So I love that. Do you need like an activity to do outside or is it like, you know, maybe like no, an hour of I reading mean, time? Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't love outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just need, I just think, but I, I do think there is benefit to just being outside. Like, I don't think I personally don't need an activity. Like I, like I said, I'll probably literally will take my laptop outside and type on it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or, or read or read since I am on this reading kick right now, maybe I will, I will do more reading outside. That'll be fun. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, what has been bringing you comfort this week? So I mentioned this at the top a bit, but I have been reading and I have all, as always, I turn to graphic novels to kind of get me out of a reading rut, but my daughter actually suggested these graphic novels by an author named Raina Telgemeier. She's been mm-hmm. writing since like the, like the 2010s. I think her first book came out in 2010. And some of them are like semi-autobiographical. Some of them aren't. Um, and my daughter, I think we were at the library and she saw one and just picked it up and was like, this looks fun. So it is, it's a little bit older. Cause you know, I think Ivy is seven. They are, they're about like kind of middle school and high schoolers, but there, there's nothing too like wild about them. Like I'm comfortable with her reading them, but the first one is called smile and it's telling the story of, of the author Raina. And she has, she gets like, she ends up, she falls and like knocks out her two front teeth, but also Mm. like pushes the adult teeth or like pushes them up. Like there's some (sighs) wild thing that happens to her teeth. And so she has like insane braces, like braces for years and, and it, and it's about that process and it's just really, and it's so like you, you feel for this girl because it's like, she has braces through not even just middle school, but like into high school yeah. and like, and it's painful and she has headgear and like all of it, like anything that you could have orthodontic wise, like this was in her mouth. Yeah. yeah. was in her mouth. And so, and it's about like finding herself and understanding like 
who her friends really are. And like, you know, she goes through like some friend breakups, which I think is like an, a thing that people don't really talk about too much. Um, so I thought that was like really cool. And like, so like, just fr- from my perspective, it was like kind of interesting to like read about it as someone mm-hmm. who had braces for a very long time. It's very um, traumatizing, re-traumatizing. Yeah, but then also one. like, I'm like, it's cool that my daughter is reading about it, you know, and can kind of, and probably can start not totally relating, but can start relating to it and, and, you know, just kind of going through all of those, the changes and all of that. So, so yeah, so, but her book, so smile, I've read smile drama and then sisters I'm like halfway through. And then there are are a few more and we have, we now own all of them because my daughter's obsessed with them. So I will be continuing to read those, but I highly recommend them. (laughs) That sounds awesome. And that is like the greatest thing too, about like just stories in general is that it Mm -hmm. helps make things that are hard to explain or something, sometimes something that you don't even want, not that you wouldn't want to have a conversation like that, but like that, that just may not come up naturally is something that she can discover. And then you guys can talk about it afterwards. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we've done, that's definitely happened. We've had a a few Mm -hmm. conversations about stuff. So that's really, yeah, that's really, that's a great point, Gwen. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you? What is bringing you joy this week? All right. So mine is a very physical, physical joy, but um, a few weeks ago I bought this teak foot roller that you put in the bottom you put in your shower and then you can just like roll your feet out while you're conditioning your hair or washing your face and it's delightful um the lady at bed bath and beyond when she saw me buy it she like was like you use it put your foot into it when it starts hurting just keep pushing into it and i'm like wow okay (laughs) this lady knows her stuff she's on her feet all day long she knows what to talk about so i love it it's great it was like $10 $10 at Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, cool. Without yeah. a coupon. You could just run in there. Wow. Without mm-hmm. a coupon. Do you, I mean, is that allowed? Can you go in Bed Bath & Beyond without a coupon? <laughs> I think it was also, okay. So I Let me go back in time and say it was also like their uh, liquidation sale. Gotcha. Like, their, gotcha yeah. Gotcha. So I was like, yeah. yeah, to be fair, they probably weren't accepting coupons that day. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Well, Gwen, this has been fun as always, but everyone, yeah, we're, we're at the end of the show. So as always, you can follow us on all the socials at Fresh Fiction. I am at D Jackson Books and Gwen. You can find me at Real Vixen. Of course, if you want to chat with us directly, you can always email us podcast at freshfiction.com. And as we end every show, please, and we ask for the same thing, but please subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app because it really helps people find us. Um, until next time. Bye.